We're in a series called Stepping It Up, um, and we're in a, if, you, if you're visiting with us or if you haven't been around for a while, um, we're, we've got a plan that's going to take us through the spring um, that uh, will hopefully sort of make a rubber meet the road a little bit with what we believe in it, and if, you, uh, if you're like me, man, we're tired today. I see it in you guys. Um, thanks for coming anyway. We need pillows in the back of your pews there. Um, but uh, if you're like me, then, then you get to these points in your life, and, and today seems like a perfect time for that, as we just all seem tired, that we need a reminder to step it up, um, to, uh, that, that God has intended for us to be more than we are. And we've been studying this piece of scripture from Romans chapter 7, um, where Paul says this, and I, we, I've got this pers- first piece of scripture, you can throw that up there, Tanya. Um, and I want to remind you the way the Bible's set up. You've got the Old Testament, which is really old, and the New Testament, which is old too. It's just newer than the Old Testament. And the New Testament is broken up really into three different types of books. One of them are the Gospels, the four Gospels that tell us about the life of Jesus. Um, the, the, rest, or the, or the next set of books are the, the Acts. Um, you probably see it as A-C-T-S in your Bible. Um, and that is uh, the, the Acts of the Apostles. That's the beginning of the church and the beginning of what we're doing here. And then the rest, really the rest of the uh, books in the New Testament are letters. They're just letters, uh, most of them written by this guy named Paul. And he does this pretty interesting thing. Um, if, you, if you've been in church a lot and if you've studied the Bible at all, you, you know that the, the Bible can be kind of confusing to read. In the New Testament especially, the letters of Paul, because um, they weren't written the way that we write. You know, when we write, especially now with, a ty- with, our, with our computers, we can type a little bit and then backspace, 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 delete, 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 spell check, all those things. Well, these weren't written that way, obviously. In fact, they weren't even written by Paul, most likely. I don't believe they were, most of them, by hand. Some of them were, but a lot of them, and including the one we're looking at today, I believe were, were dictated. That means somebody was listening to Paul while he, was, while he was talking and they were writing. And, you know, if you've ever dictated for somebody on a computer, that's really hard. But try doing it on a piece of paper that's really expensive and really precious at the time. And, a, you know, a quill or a, some sort of a pen um, that, that this person would have used to listen to Paul. And, man, Paul's talking and talking and talking and you're kind of taking notes. And you can't backspace and delete, so you're just kind of like, hey, Paul do you really want me to write this? Cause, and he's like, hey, just, just hang with me, I'll get back there, you know? And so some of the stuff we read, and especially in the book of the Romans, you just kind of feel like, where's he going? And then and he kind of brings it back around. And what we believe is that the Bible is the ordained word of God, that it is, it is, God has blessed it so that it lives and it, it works in our lives daily. Um, but that he used Paul's words. And so it's very, it can be confusing, and I want to kind of look through it. And Paul says today that, um, and we've studied this the last couple of weeks, he says something that even if you're not a Christian or if you're kicking the tires on the thing, that you've probably related to in one way or the other. He says this, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. He, he says there's this thing in us, and if, if you're visiting with us or if you're, if you're just uh, kicking the tires on this, even if, even if God is not in the center of your life, even if, if you don't consider yourself religious or a church person at all, there are a set of rules you live by. You know, even if it's just the major ones. You don't kill, you don't steal, you don't, 
you know, those major things. And in all of us, there is this thought that we just, even no matter how much we know it and how much we want to be this, um, we just find ourselves drifting away from it. I see it in my kids. And, you know, this is one thing. You don't have to teach your kids um, to, to sin. Have you noticed that? You don't have to teach your kids to, to fall away from what's right. They, it's inborn in them. And that's part of what Paul's saying here is that he's saying some really important things about this thing inside of us. Now, if, if you've been around church a lot, you, you won't be surprised with the word sin. Um, and what we usually say, especially preachers, usually talk about sin are, are the things that you do that are bad. So you, sin has been used as more of a verb than anything. We say that you have sinned, you are sinning, and you will sin after church today. Um, those, that, those are things, kind of action words we do. But Paul talks about the word sin not as a verb, but as a noun. It's a thing. It's something that in the, when, when Adam stepped away from God was created. And if you're related to Adam, which if you can fog a mirror today, if you can breathe, you're related to the first man. You have this thing inside of you. My, uh, my son and I are dealing with this right now, and he's five years old, and he is starting to realize, he's starting to have the same struggle that Paul's talking about. I know what is good. I know what my dad tells me to do. I know I'm supposed to do this, but there's something in me that doesn't want to. There's something in me, no matter what I know is good, no matter what I know is the right thing to do, that wants to do the opposite. In fact, what Paul says is that rules actually make it harder for us to be good. Isn't that interesting? That rules, the law, actually makes it harder for us to live the way we want to live. Because you know what the law is good for? You know what rules are good for? They're good for pointing at you and saying, you messed up. And that's what Reese is starting to deal with in his life. In fact, every now and then he gets in big trouble and he'll do something that is totally out of character and he'll lay in his bed, and I know if he's really remorseful, because he'll lay in his bed and he'll cover himself up. And he completely cover himself up. See, some of you would rather be there right now, I know. Um, he cover, completely cover himself up to the point where you almost can't see he's in there. And every now and then you just see the whole lump underneath his bed go, you know, and you know, okay, he's in the bed. And I, I'll, I'll kind of just go up and I've, I've quit trying to pull the cover up over his head because he wants it there. So I'll just kind of rub his back over, on the lump on his bed and talk to him. And I'll say, buddy, why did you do that? Whatever it is. Why did you say that to your sister? Why did you do that to the dog? Why did you say that to your mom? What's the attitude problem today? And he gets these big heaves, and finally he'll just go, I don't know. And I know what that, I know what that feels like. And you might too, late on a Friday night, when you've done it again, when you've found yourself one more time engaging in that thing that you know isn't good for you, that you know isn't right, that you know leads you down a path that you shouldn't be led down. See, the truth is we all end up in a lump on the bed at some point, don't we? Going, why? Why am I doing this? So if you're here and you're still kicking the tires on the Jesus thing, you, you don't even have to believe this stuff to know that this is a reality of all humans. And Paul says, this is happening in me. Now, when Paul wrote this, he's writing it from the perspective of a religious person. But here's the problem. Next slide. As he talks about sin, he is very clear about what this thing is in us. And remember, he is, he is speaking, but God is using this, um, and he's speaking to us and speaking to the people that he's writing to. He says this, that you were born with this thing. Just like Reese, it grows out of you, but you were born with this thing. It's not fair, but it's true. 
that it is inside of you and you have to do something about it. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about what you can do about this thing. And in fact, when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, the Bible says that he, we went from having been controlled by this thing in our lives to, to allowing Jesus to control our lives. And when we do that, the power of sin doesn't have the power that it used to over us. So when we say, yes, I'll do whatever I want or whatever sin wants in my life, then we are actually submitting to an authority that isn't a power in us anymore. And we talked about that. If you haven't heard those sermons the last couple weeks, um, you can look online and pick those up um, and, and listen to those. But basically what it's taught us is that when we accept Jesus, those of us who have accepted Jesus as the, the Savior of our lives, we have got to a point where we have said sin is no longer the master of our lives. And, and w- one thing I asked you to do a couple weeks ago, and I had some Facebook feedback on this, um, I asked you to say, next time on your way to do the same thing that you've been doing, to say, sin is not my master. Um, and I got a little bit of Facebook feedback on that. But it is incredibly powerful because it is true. You were born with it. Secondly, sin no longer controls where you go when you die. But until Jesus came, sin was the essence of who all humans were. And when Jesus came, he said, not anymore. Those who accept me can change out sin for me. And so when we did that, it gave us the gift um, of eternal life. And, and it no longer controls who, uh, where you go when you die. Most of you know that. But m- what we sometimes forget is that sin no longer controls what you do while you're alive either. And so the, the question is over this series, so what? And now what? And that's what I want to hit. Next slide. The problem is, and we've talked about this a lot, um, and we've had a lot of discussions, and this is a hot topic, um, even around our church for the past year or so as we studied the story, um, that uh, Christianity has been messed up over the years. Now, Jesus was here 2,000 years ago. When he was here, he said some things that changed everything. Um, And even from 2,000 years ago, we still talk about it. There's still people meeting, talking about the things that he did, but... uh, when Jesus came, he, he started a movement, and that movement went on, and throughout time, it began to change drastically. So what you see today is not what Jesus instigated. In fact, I believe the church is a long way from it. And what it's done is it's take on the characteristics of many other religions um, in, in, throughout history. Our default, and here's the problem, our default when it comes to God is to think about rules and laws. That's, that's what we do as humans. And that's why religions are the way they are. C.S. Lewis wrote this book, and, and he, he compares all these religions. And some of you are having, we're having this discussion online and Facebook a lot, and even in, in person, that what makes, what makes Jesus right? You know, why, there's so many religions. How do we know we're right? And the truth is that, that there are so many religions that have exactly the same rules. If you look through a lot of these religions, it's you know, it's don't murder people, don't steal stuff, don't have sex with other people's spouses. A lot of these things don't lie. They're all the same throughout each of these religions. And Jesus came to say the default for, for normal people is religion. You know what religion is? It's, it's rules, it's laws. And, and what happened was we began, when Jesus came, he said, this is, it's not, I'm not out here for rules and laws. I'm here about a relationship. And, and the world was changed by it. And then it, we defaulted to the rules and laws again. And so when I was growing up, the churches I grew up in were mostly about rules and laws. What do you do if you're a good Christian? Well, if you're a good Christian, you don't do this, 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 and you don't do this. 
And all religions have that same problem. Here's the recipe for all religions. Religion says you ought to, and you don't, so you're toast. <laughs> That's basically what religion does. And the Bible, and what Jesus said when he came is, this is not about religion. It's about a relationship. In fact, he said religion will lead you into more problems. Because the law actually leads us deeper into sin, if that's what we base our lives on. So Jesus said this. Next slide. A bunch of people were around him, and they didn't understand this. Much like you and I, we, when we think about God, what we think about is the, are the things that, that God wants us not to do. <laughs> and it, it makes us feel very hemmed in by, by the rules um, that both the Bible has given us to, to walk in the direction that God wants us to walk, and by the rules that, that we've even made up for ourselves. And Jesus says this. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Jesus did this all the time. He was around a group of people. He would take something, um, and I often wish we could do this. If we were at Cracker Barrel this morning, like I said, I thought was a good idea, I might find, you know, something on the wall and talk about it and say, you know, it's, God is like this. This is what Jesus did, and I don't have a lot of opportunities here, you know, but um, I, sometimes I'll bring something with me because that's what Jesus did. He, 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 every time he went someplace, he would say, God is like this, and, and he, was pro- he was standing next to a, a, a vine, and he said, Here's, this is the way God is, and this is the way you're supposed to be. Now, take away all the things right now that you have learned about church and that you have learned about God. Because the default in your brain and the default as humans is to, to relate to God on the basis of rules. And Jesus looks at these group of people and he said, that is not God's intent for your life. You know what happens when you relate to God on the basis of rules? is that you get the wrong impression of God and you get the wrong impression of people. Because when you just obey the rules, here's what happens. You, the ones that are easy for you to obey, and by the way, the older you get, I'm learning this, I'm not getting, I'm, I feel older every day, which is probably appropriate, um, but I'm starting to feel really old at times. And the older I get, the more I realize that, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm getting over some sins and I'm not doing this as much, but now new ones are creeping up, you know? So, like, I can go, hey, I'm not cheating on tests anymore. Guess what? I'm not taking tests anymore. <laughs> so that, that's one of those things that, uh, that, that's going away, but other things are creeping up. And what happens is that if we, if we base our relationship with God on rules, then the things that we're good at obeying, we start pointing at other people and going, yeah, you need to, you need to, and you need to. And in our own lives, the things that we're messing up, we start dumbing down. We say, yeah, but... Yeah, but, and it just gets to be this mess. And so Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. I got an email from a dear friend of mine on Facebook this week saying that she just wasn't who she wanted to be. And by that, she started listing. I'm not generous, I'm not, she went through these lists of all these things she wanted to be in her life, and she kept finding herself falling farther and further from them. And what she did was, she said, I think I, I need to, to work harder at being these things. And what Jesus would have said is this. Next slide. He said, here are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against their, these things, there is no law. No, law has no power over these things. My friend was sending me this Facebook saying, I... I think what I really need to do is try so much harder to have joy and peace and patience. Can you imagine? I mean, how do you do that? How do you sit here and go, okay, I'm going to really work hard at being joyful. 
How do, I, how do I be peaceful? How do I be patient? You can't work harder at these things. Now, I know this sounds funny, but isn't this what we do? Isn't this what preachers do? Don't they stand up and say, you should be more of this? You should have more of this? You should work harder at this? You should be more of this? So what you do is you go, you walk out of here, and you go, that must be what it means to be close to God, is to work harder at being this and being this and being this and being this. Jesus says, you got the wrong idea. The, the wrong idea about what it means to be those things. In fact, think of yourself like a tree, like a vine. That's what Jesus says. And I, I'd have loved to have been there when he was teaching like this. Like this tree right here. And Jesus said, it's like you plug yourself into the tree. You're the branches. I'm the trunk of the tree. And then you produce joy and peace and love and patience and kindness. You know, my, my family went to the orchard yesterday, and you, you know what struck me? The orchard, you look at the trees and the, the apple trees, they, they don't sit there and go, apple, boom. They don't work at it. Have you noticed that? You don't see them grimacing. You don't see them trying. You don't see some of them working harder than others to produce their apples. They plug into the nutrients in the trunk of the tree, and it just goes, bloop, pops out. Now, I hope there's a little bit of epiphany for you today in this this was for me while i was preparing this but this we make this too hard these things in our lives i can't give you a list of ways to be kind because here's the thing you can go home and you can do four or five of them but as soon as you get back into who you are those kindness things go away they fall away quick and all the women go amen <laughs> my husband can do the dishes when they get home after church because he feels guilty that the preacher said he ought to be more kind. But by Thursday, I'm doing the dishes again. The reason is because you haven't plugged into the vine. You haven't changed the, the center of where you get your energy and where you get your stuff. You haven't plugged into anything. You've just tried to really hard to make an apple. And that's not the relationship that God is asking for. Now, do you, do you see what I'm saying here? I'm trying really hard to do this. It's complicated. But I, this, this can change everything for you. So you don't walk out of this church with a list of things to do better. You would walk out of this church saying, I need to plug in. I need to be in step more. Here's the way it looks. This happened to me. And I very rarely give examples of good things I do because I don't like to... I usually say I'm an idiot, see, you know, um, but I, this happened to me, and I, and I just got, I think it's a great illustration. When I was in high school and in college, I had some real serious um, problems. Truthfully, I was going into ministry. I was going to do what I'm doing now for a living, spend the rest of my life, and here's just the truth of it. I wasn't very good at being a Christian. <laughs> I was going to lead other people to be a Christian and help them in their life, and I felt, you know, like that's what God wanted me to do, and but I wasn't very good at it. I, I was messing up a lot, and I had a lot of friends. And I, I, at that time, they just knew me. You know, your friends know you real well. And I went on to college, and things got worse, truthfully, in Bible college. It sounds funny, but I actually got worse further from God in Bible college. And as I met my wife, and I went through a divorce, and then I met Risha, and things began to change in me. And someone said to me, preached me this sermon. But you know what? It, it, it isn't about you trying harder to be patient, not to be a liar. It's not about you trying to have peace. Somebody said this to me, and I've had this argument with a couple of you in here, where I, I'm very honest about my faith and how I have a hard time with my faith. You know what? Faith is a fruit. 
And I can't sit up here and go, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, and just try harder to believe. It doesn't work that way. The same thing is true, Jesus says, of joy and peace and hope and of patience and of kindness and of goodness. You want to be better to your family. You want to be better to your wife. You can try, but it will end up being right back to where the center of you is. So, I got through high school and college and kind of left all my friends Moved back to Bloomington about six, seven years ago and started hanging out with those same friends. And they, after a couple times, they were hesitant to hang out with me. And after a couple times, a couple of my friends who are now elders in Bloomington would look at me and just said, hey, I, I see something different in you. Like, you're different than you were when I knew you before. I'm like, really? Like, yeah, there's like, there's patience. And there's, you're like kind. You're really, you're really nice. How did, what happened? And you know what I didn't do? I never had a list. I never was like getting up in the morning going, I'm going to be really kind today. It's just like, Risha, my wife, came into my life and I said, I, I'm going to lead a family. And I want my family to be centered in God and I want myself to be worthy of them following me and I've I got to get right and i got to plug into this vine. And so I started getting up every morning and this was long after I should have... <laughs> I preached a lot of sermons before I did this. He started getting up every morning and going, God, today I want to be in step with you. I want to walk. I want to plug into the vine. I want to get my strength, my energy, everything from Jesus. Today I want to get rid of that sinful nature which I, which I used to be in me, and I want you to live in me so that I can have this fruit in my life. And all of a sudden you walk and you're like, bloop, oh, there's peace, patience. And you just keep walking. And you go, oh, wow, there's Kindness. You see the difference here? It's not me going, oh, I want to try, I want to make a list. It's me going, I'm going to plug into the vine and let God produce in me that fruit. This is huge to me. And I want you to get this in you, and I want you to send this to your friends, because we are going to, over the next month, or over the next couple months, actually all the way into the, the new year, we are going to be digging into who we are individually specifically. We're going to hit our physical, our emotional, our um, financial. We're going to hit every single part. We're going to give you opportunities to grow in all of those ways around here. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be really enlightening, but it means absolutely nothing if you're not plugged into the vine. All you're doing is just trying really hard to do better with your money. All you're doing is just trying really hard to be better physically and not eat another Twinkie. But if you can plug into your, the vine, if you can get your peace, your joy, your hope from the center of the universe, from God himself, from Jesus Christ, who says this, that I came to live in you. Now, here's the problem with that statement. The problem is we say this all the time. When people die, we say, my husband is with me. I, I know he's with me. Well, here's what we mean by that. That we feel the things that he left. We feel the things that she left. But with me, no, not really. Not, not really. And so when we say Jesus is in me or Jesus is with me, we, we kind of feel that same way, like, no, not really. But what the Bible says is physically, really, in you really, is this, this thing that if you plug into it on a daily basis, on a regular basis, it will produce things in you that you can't do on your own. Jesus said, we just read it, Jesus said, apart from this... You can do nothing. So wouldn't I be an awful preacher today? If I came and I said, here's the list of things you need to take home and do. 
if you want these things in your life. Because Jesus says, apart from plugging into the vine, your list is worthless. So you plug into the vine. You get plugged into Jesus at all costs. Now the way that looks for me may be different from you, from the way it looks from you, but if you're really serious about that today, then I'm going to give you one thing you can start on tomorrow. I've got to be careful. This is not a list. This is a way for you to plug into the vine. You get up in the morning first thing, and I know you might have to check your Facebook or your email, or you might have to do one thing or the other or watch Good Morning America. Put that on pause. Don't do anything else until you find a quiet place, and this works really well. Go back one slide, will you, Tanya? Just back one slide. One more. There you go. Go to John 15, 15. In your Bible, online, wherever you want to find, go John 15, 15, and read this three times and pray this to God. God, I want to be in the vine today. I want to plug in today. Now, it might sound cheesy to you. It might sound stupid to you. But let me tell you, you've done a lot dumber things trying to find peace. You have. I'm telling you, do it every day this week and just say, God, I want to be... I want, I want you to be in me. I want the fruit of those things to come out of me. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's the problem. For us who are Christians, we say that Jesus died on the cross and he gave his life for us. We say that all the time. But that's not all. The Bible says that he didn't just give his life for us. He gave his life to us. You know what that means? That he is right now. He doesn't want to just be religion. He doesn't want to just be a part of your life. He doesn't want to just be here on Sunday mornings. He doesn't want to be something you pull out of your pocket when you need a rabbit's foot. He wants to be in your life on a daily basis. And I'll know, and your friends will know when it's true of you. Because you won't have to try to be gentle anymore. It will just come out of you. And people will go, what? How, why are you? What's going on? And you go, I don't really know. What have you done differently? Nothing. In fact, I've done maybe less than ever. I just started plugging into Jesus, and it's, it's coming out. Now, maybe you're like me, and you're sitting there today going, well, doesn't that sound too good to be true? Man, it's all over. I'd love to introduce you to some people who live like this. My mom and dad... If it weren't for them, I don't know where I'd be in my life. Well, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't have a life. But every day, every day, because they're plugged into the vine, some fruit of their life makes an impact on mine and my children. And you look at it and you go, who, who, where did you get that? If you ask my dad or my mom, where, where, how, how do you, where do you get this generosity? How does this stuff come? How do you even think of these things? And their reply is always, I don't. I don't know. It just, it just comes out. Let me tell you, this is who you want to be. It's who you were meant to be. And if you're missing something today, if you're sitting in the pew going, I am missing something. There is something that isn't right in my life. I want you to know, this is who God intended for you to be to stop the lists, to stop saying to God, I'm sorry, I did it again. See, this is what we do. This is the game we play at church. We, we have this big bucket, you know, and we fill it full of sin this week. Same sins we've been filling it full all the time. And we bring it to church, this bucket, and we lay it down. We go, all right, God, empty the bucket. He empties the bucket, and we take the bucket back, and we fill it up again. And we feel guilty, and we feel wrong, 
and we play a game. And what Jesus says is, if you could change your mind, change the way you think, but it's not about a bucket. It's about being in step. Check this out. Next slide. Might have to move a couple down there, Tanya. There you go. He says that these fruits come as a product of just letting Jesus live through you. He says that it changes the way we relate to God. It changes the way we relate to, to others. And it changes our minds about everything. If you can get this in your heart today, and this is what I've been praying for you, that if you can get this in your mind and in your heart today, it will change the way you relate to God and really relate to others. And here's how it will. Next slide. He says, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. So I say, walk by the Spirit. What, now, the Greek there, the original language literally means walk with the Spirit. Walk with Jesus. And what he means by that is that it's like a march. You know, my kids love this, and we march around the house. Um, and what you do is left, right, left, right, left, right. You get in step. And that's what this phrase refers to. It's almost a military term that means to get in step with the Spirit. So he says, and you will not gratify the, the, the flesh desires. Those sins, those things in your life that you're doing that you don't really want to do, that person you don't want to be when you get to the end of the night and you go, what did I say to my wife? Why did I do that? What did it? I know those things lead to destruction. Where, why am I doing this? And Paul says to the Galatians, if you, no, you don't need a list. Okay, now, Paul, if I just do this, 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 and this, I won't be that? No, no, that's not it. In fact, the list actually gets you further from who you want to be. What you need to do is stay in step with the Spirit. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. You know that. So that you are not, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit... You are not under the law. So here's, here's the practical application for this today. Stop saying, God, I'm sorry. I did it again. Stop saying it because here's, here's what it does. Here's what it does to you and here's what it does to your mind. It, it says, all right, God, I'm relating to you on the basis of your rules. It, it's all about rules, right, God? So I'm sorry for not being, and, and I'm sorry I did that again, and what I said to her, and how I messed up, and I did that again, and I've been doing it since I was this, and God, I did it again, and I'm sorry. Instead of doing that, say this, God, I stepped out of line for a minute. I got out of step. I want to get back in step. You know how you get back in step? I used to play uh, trumpet in the marching band. I was terrible, awful. Um, and part of the reason was I got out of step regularly. You know, I just, I mean, it was like, you look down, they take those pictures, and you look down the row, and it's always my leg that you can see, you know. Just terrible about being in step. I couldn't do both things at the same time. And our band instructor said, John, anytime you find yourself out of step with everybody else, stop playing the trumpet, because it's more important that you're in step than it is what's coming out of your trumpet. So stop for a minute, look down the row, get in check, and find it, and get back. And once you get back on, then play the trumpet again. This is a great analogy for the way we step in with the Spirit. If you find yourself in the middle of the day going, oh my gosh, what did I just do? You know that feeling. What did I say? Oh my gosh, I did it again. I felt that. I see that. You, you just stop. You stop what you're doing. Maybe it's 30 seconds in your cubicle. Maybe you go to the car. Maybe you go to the bathroom and you go, God, I want to be back in step right now. 
Help me get back in step. And then you find your step of the Spirit again, and you move towards the things that God wants you to move. And that's it. When you stay in step with the Spirit, time after time, step after step through your life, and every time you come up to a new event, a new guy at the corner holding a sign that says it will work for food, a new opportunity to yell at your kids, a new opportunity to yell at your boss or to get mad at somebody, every time, if you're in step, your movements will move with Jesus, and He will move instead of you. And when that happens, gentleness and peace and joy and all of those things come out of you. Does this make sense? This new mindset says this. Three things. I'm going to put this on the website and on Facebook. Um, But write these down if you don't have access to those. A new mindset says this, and this is what you can say this week as you pray. That you're going to accept your new identity. And the identity is this, that I am forgiven and I am accepted the way I am right now. That you are going to embrace the new approach. Sin is not my master, and I'm going to take one step at a time with the Spirit, and you refuse to interact with God on the basis of law. So you don't say, God, I did it again. You say, God, I got out of step. Now, as we close today, I want to give you an opportunity, if you're out of step, to get in step. And this is a great thing. I was trying to figure out how to close this, and this this preaching thing is hard, especially when everybody's tired. You're looking up at here like, do something, monkey boy, you know? (laughs) And I you know, I just, I, I want to, I don't want to entertain. I don't want, I, I want something fresh. You guys got up this morning for a word from God. And so I've been praying for you. And I know some of the things you guys got going on in your life. And I talked to you before church and I think, what, what am I preaching? And how does it relate to that? Like, and, and I want you to know, I've been praying hard for you this week. And as I was driving here, I was out without my wife this morning. It was real quiet in the car. And um, not, uh, not the way I want it, truthfully. But I started praying and thinking about you guys, and I thought, you know, specifically, I prayed specifically. I used to never do that. I used to never say, I used to say, and I'm not talking to anybody individually when I preach, but now I love you too much. I'm talking to you. And I've been praying for you specifically this week. Some of you by name. And on the way here today, I thought, God, what is it that I'm going to say today that's going to change people's lives? What is it that I'm going to say that is going to change people's lives? Would you begin to soften people's hearts today for something to change their lives? And here's here's what I believe it is. That what God wants from you is just to walk with Him. The Bible talks about Adam and Eve before sin entered the world. The Bible says that Adam walked with God. You know, there's a song we sing, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. I always think of Andy Wade, like Andy walks with me and Andy talks with me. Um, But I love that song, and he walks with me and he talks with me. It would be such a cool thing physically. But that's the promise and it's what Jesus wants from you. And when you do, it's all you need. It's all you need. Choose a relationship today, not a religion. Plug into the vine, whatever that means. I would love to have a service here at some point called the vine just an opportunity for us to get plugged in in the middle of the week that may happen eventually but until then there there's an opportunity for you all the time to plug into the vine if you have a hard time with that today one of the things i hate to do is i hate the religious talk like like plug into the vine 
It is just religious talk if you don't have a physical way to apply it to your life. If you can't figure that out, if you don't have, something doesn't come to your mind, come find me after church and I'll help you with a way to plug into the vine in your own life because this will change who you are. Commit to this new mindset and today get in step with the Spirit. Now's the time. Right here, right now is the time. And this is what, as I was praying for you today, I just I got this feeling and I, God doesn't speak to me audibly um, I don't really want that. I think that would scare me. I couldn't go to bed at night. Um, but I, I get really moved, and when I, I was moved on the way here, I just got this feeling that God just wants you to, to know if you just, today, you can walk out of here and step with him. Maybe you feel out of step. Maybe things just don't feel right, like that doesn't make sense, and when I do this, it doesn't make sense, and I go here, and my whole life is just a mess. It doesn't make sense. Today, you can walk out of here and step with God. And when you get in step, you start to see fruits. And those fruits are who you want to be. The band, you guys can come up. I guess it's just Rick and Dave today. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. I'm going to go right back there to that corner. But the, one of the things I love about God um, is that he knows you intimately, very intimately. My kids and I do this. We have a, a lot of these things. You know, I, I like to call... Um, my kids by, uh, not by their names, which drives their mom nuts, but I give them little nicknames all the time, and those nicknames evolve and they change, and it's like this, there's just kind of a connection between us, and London and I have this little handshake that we do before we go to bed at night, and, and we've done it since she was about three, and so we know it. it's real fast, you know, this little handshake, and it's just like between her and I, and it's really dumb if you look at it outside of it, and you're like, well, that's dumb, but to us, it's really meaningful, because it's just us that knows it, and we have a lot of those little things. Reese does too. Little phrases, little things that we say to each other that mean something more than the moment. And I want you to know that God knows you deeply. Like that. Probably has a nickname for you. He knows you in and out. Where you've messed up. Where you're really good. He sees deeply into your heart today. And if you can just say this to him, you don't have to say anything else. If you can just say this, I want to be in step. Just say that during this song. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to completely know it. You don't even have to really understand what I meant this morning by this. If I've completely confused you, here's the beauty of this whole thing. God knows your heart, and it doesn't matter if you're even confused by this. Thank goodness. All you have to do is say, God, I want to be in step. I'll be right back there in the corner. I'll be glad to pray with you, and I'll say that, but you can do it between you and God today. You don't have to sing the words of this song. If it helps you to sing the words of this song, it helps you get close to God and, and sing these things today, then please do. This song is one that we've sung for a long time around here. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. You know what a sanctuary is? It's this place where God is. That's all it is. Isn't that what we're saying today? God, clean me up so that you can live through me and all these fruits come out of me. Would you stand with us and sing? I'll be right back there if you need me.